All right, so I've got a new series for you. It's called Discipleship. There was one person over there who said, Woo! You got a little woo! You got a little woo over there. I, said, I appreciate that. I thought that was a pretty cool picture, right? Like, that's what you picture when you say discipleship. You picture people at Starbucks hanging out. They got their Bibles open. They got them a little Staples notepad over there. They're ready to take some notes. They're ready to get down and get dirty with the Word. And like, man, we're going to dig in. And we're going to have a holy, holy, holy time right here at Starbucks over a latte, latte, latte. And it is going to be good, right? Like, that's what discipleship's all about, right? Like, it's, it's getting down. Maybe you huddle up at somebody's house and you all sit on a nice comfy couch and you, you hang around and you just talk and talk and talk about how good God is and you talk about, man, this, this, this word over here really spoke to me and, man, that really, that really changed my life when I heard this and, and let me tell you something that I learned through this and, and we have all these ideas about what discipleship is, right? Here's my challenge to you. I think that's... Just a small picture. I think that's just a small portion. I think it's, yeah, it's absolutely about studying God's word together. And it's absolutely about talking about God's goodness and his glory and all those things. And, and that's great and that's wonderful. And, 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 and people that I have discipled over the years, I mean, like, like Kayla, I've discipled you, right? I mean, you would say that I, over the years I have discipled you. Well, how much of that time has been spent at Starbucks sitting there with our Bibles open or looking on our iPhone and, and our Bibles open and, and just talking about, about that, the, the goodness of God's Word and, and those kinds of things. I mean, that's been part of it, but that's not the largest part of it, right? It's been about us sharing our lives together and me pouring into you all this time. I mean, I'm talking about years I've known Kayla, and I love Kayla to death. I mean, we've known each other forever, and, uh, you know, when, when I said God had called me to <laughs> to start this crazy church thing, you know, she was like, almost immediately, she's like, I'm in, I, I'm going, I, you know, I, I want to be a part of this, I know God's called me to this, I want to go and I want to do. Kayla, as I have poured into her over the years, yeah, there have been times where she's sat in a room with me across the room and we sit there and talk about God's word and we talk about stuff that God has shown us through his word and those that's wonderful things, but that's not the whole picture. That's not the whole picture. If you think about Jesus and his disciples, I mean, I had to like take this 30,000 foot view for a second and say, what really is discipleship? I had to, I had to ask myself that question because I think that, that church has got things all mixed up sometimes about what discipleship really is. What did Jesus do with his, his guys? He had 12 guys. He hung out with them all the time, right? Well, he poured into them, right? Sometimes he would challenge them on some stuff and in their life, and they would say some stupid things, and he'd be like, that's really stupid. You shouldn't say that, and, and they would feel bad about it. And, and sometimes they would, they, he would send them out on their own, and he would say, all right, you guys are out on your own now. Uh, you, you don't need me to go with you. You just need to go on your own. You need to do this for a little while. He says, look, don't take a knapsack. Don't take your backpack, a fanny pack. Don't take your walking stick. Don't take any of that stuff. You just go and you evangelize and you talk to people about God's kingdom. And man, they were able to do some amazing things through that. Jesus performed miracles in front of these guys. Now, I've never performed any miracles in front of Kayla. Uh, that, that's not happened. I mean, I, I, I performed a few weddings, which I, I perceived to be a miracle when two were made into one. And Kayla's been there when I've done that. But so far as uh, God did that miracle, Kenny didn't do any miracles. But 
Jesus was there with these guys and he poured into them day in and day out. Yes, he poured in truth to them. Did, did, he, always, did he always like have out a scroll and say, here, look, let's, let's, let's see what it says right here. Isaiah. No, what he did was he talked to them about the truth of God's kingdom in everyday life. And he would say, see that gate over there? See, see, see how small that gate is? It, that's called the eye of the needle. It would be easier for a camel fully loaded to go through that than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Or he would see seeds on the ground and he would say, you see those seeds down there? You see how some of them are growing and some of them have fallen on the path and then some of them are covered up in weeds? He would talk to them in ways that they could understand things about the kingdom of heaven. And was the Bible part of that? Was God's word part of that? Absolutely it was. But being discipled and being a disciple is about doing life together, serving together, working together, and making other disciples by pouring your life into somebody else. And I, look, I'll have to be the first one to admit this. So when I started looking at discipleship, I had to start looking at me first. So the first place you really got to look anytime you're going to examine a question or something that you're really trying to deal with or understand, you need to look at yourself first. And that's kind of what God did through this word. He, he said, all right, all right, Kenny, you're on board with this whole discipleship thing. That's great. All right. You want to know what it really is. You want to completely understand it. He said, well, let's start with you. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I think you've forgotten something. I'm the dude that stands up here. They're all out there. I need to tell them what to do. And then they go and they do it, you know. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, let's start with you first. And it was at the most opportune time in my life. I cannot even describe to you how critical this, this passage was in my life at this particular place that I'm at. Because I had a couple of guys Sunday that came up to me and they said, man, I, I want to help you in any way you can. And I said, that's phenomenal to hear. Because for the first time in my life, I'm having to admit that I need help. I, I cannot do all of this on my own. I cannot continue to go at the pace that I'm going, trying to do anything and everything in the church, trying to, trying to make sure that the chairs are aligned, trying to make sure that, that you know, the, the envelopes are under the chairs, trying to make sure that everything is just so in the kids' department and make sure the air conditioners are. I can't do it anymore. That, that's just the simple truth, Okay. I, I cannot do all the things that I used to do. I cannot do that anymore. It, it's, it's wearing on me. It, it's, it's tearing me down. And God has had to deal with me. And he has had to show me some stuff. And the only way that I would learn that is by reaching this point of absolute exhaustion. I'm exhausted, but I can't sleep at night. You know, that kind of feeling. That, the only way I've been able to learn this truth is to absolutely be at a point of exhaustion. And God has just said... You've missed it. You, you, you have, you, Kenny Nix, you have put yourself in your own prison. You have put yourself in your own shackles. You have put yourself in your own bondage. And it's, you weren't following my word. You were doing it your way. And because of that, it turns out it was the wrong way, believe it or not. But when I do it God's way, it turns out there's a lot of freedom in that. And God has just had to, he's had to show me that. And he, he's, he really kind of revealed that to me through this particular passage. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 11. 
says this, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the, the church, the body of Christ. You know what my job is? You know, we got three cornerstones, if you will. Three cornerstones, that really makes sense. There's usually four cornerstones. we got three cornerstones at Simple Church. That is to reach, teach, and serve. You know what my primary responsibility is to do? It's to teach. That's what God has, has called me to do. That is what he has best gifted me to do. It is whoever God brings into this building, which, by the way, it is Christ who adds to the church daily. It is not Kenny Nixon. It is not the way that he speaks. It is not the band. It is not the lights. It is not any of that. It is Christ who adds to the church daily. He is the one that will bring people in. He is the one that will draw them in. And he is the one. I don't want to compete with him, okay? If he's going to add to the church, I don't want to be like, well, well, Kenny's going to add to the church. Now I'm going to compete with Christ. No, Christ is going to add to the church. My responsibility is to teach. That's what God has equipped me best to do. Now, there are some people that will say, well, the only way that you're going to have a good church is if you have a big church. How would that apply to Jesus' ministry, right? He got 12 guys, and one of them wanted to have him killed. I don't know necessarily that you can, you can judge the effectiveness of your ministry by how, how many people it has. I don't think that that's what God has called us to do. I don't think that God has called us to, to, to try and expand the church. I think that is his job and what he wants to do. I think it is our job to serve. I think it is our job to teach. I think it is our job to tell people about the goodness of God in the way that we live and the things that we do. And it is my job to equip you, to equip you, to teach you the truth of God's word. I, I've gotten this all messed up. Now, as a believer, am I supposed to reach and to serve also? Absolutely. But God has best equipped me to teach. That's what I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach because that, has what, that is what God has best equipped me to do. So I am going to teach. Is there, is there opportune times where I can reach somebody through the truth of God's word and, and evangelize and, and reach them for the cause of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm going to do that as a believer, and I always will. As a disciple of Jesus, I'm called to make other disciples. I'm going to do that. Am I going to serve in the name of Christ? Am I going to go to foreign countries and love people and, and tell them about the goodness of God and build their houses and build their church? You better believe it. I'm absolutely going to do that. But my primary focus is going to be to teach. We're, this means that you're going to have to find the thing that God has best equipped you with in order to serve the body of believers, in order to serve other believers. And I think for too long we've kind of looked at Kenny, like what are we supposed to do here, Kenny? You know, well, when, when, when Kenny gets ready to do this, and then, then we're ready to go. And I'm not saying I won't provide you with guidance and leadership and all those kinds of things because God has called me to shepherd the flock here, and I, I will do that. I will do that. 
But I'm telling you, so far as me getting in there and, and having to, to, to be in the nitty-gritty of every single detail and trying to work out this and work out that, I'm going to have to take a step back because I'm going to have to do what I'm best equipped to do, which is to teach. And that's where my focus is going to be. I mean, some other people are going to step up, right? I mean, some other people are going to have to say, you know what, if I'm truly going to be a partner with Simple Church, if this is going to be a partnership, then, then, then I've got to have, I gotta have my, my peace, right? It's with the body of Christ. We all have our different members, and we're all supposed to come together for one purpose, one unified purpose. Well, right now, we're doing it, but we're not doing it the most effective way. God took a huge burden off of me when he said, do what you're best equipped to do. Do what you're best equipped to do. I thought, man, whew, I can do that. I thought it was all this other stuff that I was supposed to do. God said, do what you're best equipped to do. That, that's what the, the, the teachers and the pastors and the evangelists, which by the way, the evangelists, just so you know, what that meant was not that they were supposed to go out and they were supposed to go from city to city to city to city to city and they're supposed to preach God's word and move on to the next city and make a bunch of people laugh there and go on to the, the next city and, and preach a good sermon. A lot of people cry and then they go on to the next city. What it meant was that they were supposed to be pastors in an unreached area. To evangelize literally means to go and make disciples somewhere else. It's not to go and preach a good sermon and then go on to the next town. That's not evangelism. What evangelism is, is you being a pastor in a place you can build up a church, you can build up a body there so they can do the work of Christ. And then after you've been there for a long period of time and you can see the solidarity in that church that you can move on to another church. That's real evangelism, by the way. Everybody's like, Kenny, you are messing up everything I thought I knew about church. I want you to, I want you to legitimately think about what I'm saying and really process the information say, is what he's saying true? Is this just Kenny's opinion, or is it the truth of God? Is it the truth that we've been missing so many times? Is it the truth that, that it's just been right in front of our face, but we have not embraced it? That's where I was. That's where I was. I thought in the back of my mind that if something doesn't work with a subwoofer or an amp rack or something, I need to get over here and worry about that. No, no. God has called me to teach. So if I've got a microphone on my mouth or I don't, and I have to yell really loud, either way, I don't really care, I'm going to focus on teaching because that's what God's best equipped me to do. I'm not going to worry about amp racks or subwoofers or any other kind of garbage. I'm not going to worry about the lights or any of that kind of stuff. I'm going to worry about teaching. That's going to be my primary focus. Because look what it says right here. Oh, go back, go back. I wasn't quite off of that yet. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Uh-oh. Who's supposed to do the work? The people. The body. It's the responsibility of the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists and the prophets to go and to equip them, to tell them the truth of God's word, to make them ready so that they can go and do the work. It has been the traditional view in every single church that I've ever seen or known or been a part of that the pastor and 10% and of the people are supposed to do the work. That's not true. 
That's just, who, who's supposed to do the work? Who are these people that, that Paul is talking to? Who are they? Believers. Believers. You know who's supposed to do the work? The believers. You know who's not supposed to do the work? The pastor. Now, is that saying that Kenny won't work anymore or he won't help put up drywall? No, that's not what it's saying. But I won't be, I won't be the main person in charge of it, and I won't be the one that's running the show and making sure it all happens and staying up to 2 in the morning, making sure that it comes together. You know why? Because that's, that's not God's will for my life. That's not God's will for my life. I'm going to follow the teaching of Jesus, and if it means that this place falls apart, I'll say, you know what, I did what God called me to do. I followed his word, and, and I was obedient to him and his word, and I did things the way he said they should be done. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. But I, I, won't, I won't die at 42 years old going, man, I just exhausted myself to death trying to do every single thing I could so that nobody else had to do the work. I won't do it that way. I won't do it that way. It says, let me stay right there. To do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. What's the purpose? What is the purpose? Is to build up the church. Strengthen. Work out. Muscles. Strong. Man, we, if we want a strong church, you know who's got to do the work? The people. The believers. If we want a weak church, I think that, that what we're going to do is we're going to try to rely on one person to do all the work or two people or ten people to do all the work. And then we're going to end up with a weak church. But if we have everybody's buy-in and they say, I'm a believer, and because I'm a believer, I have responsibility to the body of Christ because I'm a member of the body of Christ. We got, we got some biceps sitting in here in the body of Christ that, that are just sitting on their rear ends. I, look, I know I'm, I'm like, Kenny, you're preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. No, I get it, okay? I get it. I really do. But I'm still saying that there's opportunities for us to step up and to start doing some stuff. I, bless my wife's heart, who is back there teaching kids. Like, I, I don't know how much, but I know it's a lot. Okay? And, and, and there's some people getting really nervous when I say this, right? So you, you know that you've been asked to teach before and you don't. But what do they say? They say, well, I can't right now. I got so-and-so going on. I can't right now. My, my job is really busy. I think you can. I think you can. I, I, I got a job too. I sure do. I, I got a job too. And, uh, and I, I'm still able to get up here twice a week. And sometimes my job's really, really busy. But I'm still able to serve the body. And, and sometimes I preach four or five sermons in a week if I'm going to speak somewhere. Or speaking at Celebrate Recovery Service, or there have been times when I preached six times in five days. Done that on several occasions with a full time job. I'm going to say something that's going to offend people really, really bad. They're, they're getting like cold chills right now going, He's speaking to me. No, God is speaking to you. You need to listen to Him and His Holy Spirit. You make time. For what is important. You make time for what is important. You make time for what is important. You make time for what is important. And if serving the body, if really being a committed follower of Christ is important, you make time for what is important.
This is important to me. Because serving the body the best way I know how, this is important to me. I make time for what is important to me. We could go on, Connie. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about in every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. Here's why it's important. Here's why, here's why it's important that we all be unified and we all serve and we all do this to build up the church and strengthen the church. And that is because there are lies out there that look like the truth, but they're not really the truth. I, what... What amazes me, what amazes me is how quickly people will embrace something that's not the truth, but something that is the truth, they'll, they'll need proof in order to, to show that it is indeed the, proof, the truth, right? People embrace a lie just like that. But you say, this is the truth, they'll be, oh, that's the truth, well, you better prove it. That's why it's so dangerous, the fact that we have lies out there and I'm talking about people with good intentions trying to do what they think is the right thing, but they're not embracing the truth. They're not embracing the truth of God's word and what he says and the way he says things should be done. And you see this a lot in churches. I hate to say that. I, I'm not getting on churches, but you really see this a lot in churches. Churches that are focused on anything and everything but the truth. I have seen with my own two, my, two eyes many times when people sit in a big church service and applaud and clap, and you ask them two hours later what was preached, and they have no clue. They don't have a clue at all. Because they sat up there, and they listened to a guy who should have spent more time reading his Bible. We should have spent more time studying God's word than worried about this program or that program or all this other garbage. And you see people, man, they'll sit there. You know why? They sit there and they go, they'll come back next Sunday, man. They'll come back next Sunday because they feel so comfortable. They feel, you know, one of the reasons they feel so comfortable is because everybody else is doing the work. They're not doing any of the work. They're just sitting there. And they're like, man, I like this. This is like being a part of a club or something. I can just come in here and the air conditioning runs and the chairs are all straight and there's plenty of envelopes and I don't have to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you end up with? Weak Christians in a weak church. And, and you know what you're showing your kids, adults? You know what you're showing them? That you're showing them that, hey, we'll just, we'll just let somebody else do it. I will not. I will not let my daughter see me sit back and take it easy while somebody else does the work. I will not teach her that. 
I have not taught her that up until this point, and I will not teach her that any, at any point in the future. I, I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I, I, I lead by example, and I get in there, and I work hard, and I'm going to continue to do that, but I'm going to focus on the things that God has called me to focus on. And that's going to re- recall some people to need to step up and do the same thing. And do the same thing. Because I want this, I don't want this to last two years and then we go, what happened, man? I, I don't really understand what happened. You know, the, the pastor burned out and he stopped caring and, and you know, the people, ah, they were kind of flipping about it and they're like, ah, what, whatever, man, you know. If the people, if the believers are really trying to build up the church, if they're the ones strengthening the church, they'll have invested in the church, they'll want to be a part of the church, they will continue to pour into the church, and it won't be so easy for them to just walk out the door. They'll they'll look and they'll say, man, look at what the body of Christ built. Look at what I was a part of helping to build. God used me to help build up this place for his glory. I say all the time, man, I don't want any credit for anything. And I don't. I absolutely don't. I want everybody to look at Jesus. I want everybody to look at Jesus. But the reality is God uses us. He uses us to reflect his glory. And if you're not serving, you're not working, you're not putting your heart and your soul into it, then you're not reflecting his glory. You're not reflecting his glory. I don't, I don't have a clue what God has done with this message in your heart. I really don't. But I know for me, you know, God just, he lifted a burden for me. He said, do what I've called you to do. And I went, what? Is it really that simple? Is it, is it really just that simple that I'm supposed to read your word and teach that to people and actually follow it too? And he said, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. If you're upset with me, I apologize. If you're upset with the truth of God's word, then my response to that is good. Good. That's part of the work of the Holy Spirit and his word. It's to do surgery on you. It's to do surgery on you. Why? For the purpose of healing. For the purpose of building up and making strong. That's the purpose. Let me pray. We'll have a time where you can respond to God. Father, thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Father, for uh, not listening more closely to you. I'm sorry, Father, for not doing focusing on the things you've called me to focus on. God, I repent. I'm going to turn from those ways. And I'm going to turn to your way and the truth of your word. And God, we're going to completely have faith and we're going to trust in you that you're going to sustain, that you're going to keep, 
and that you're going to take care of. Lord, this church and these people and these believers. Uh, because we want you to be glorified. We want people to come to know you. God, we want to go and make disciples. We don't want to just go and make converts. God, we want to go and make disciples. And that comes through pouring into other people. That comes through a daily pouring into other people. God, I pray that we would do that. God, I know that there, there are people in this room, Lord, they know somebody that used to sit beside them, and yet they don't sit beside them anymore on a Wednesday night. God, I pray that you challenge them to call that person or reach out to that person in some way and say, man, I miss you. I care about you. Lord, you know what you're calling your people to do. God, I just pray oh, that you'd speak to them. I pray that you would speak truth to them. May we continue to embrace truth so we can love you through truth. We can share your truth. We can evangelize through truth. God, thank you, Lord, for this precious, precious word. I pray that you just work in hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all stand?